Okay, what up, right, listeners? Welcome to episode 39 with myself, Ben. And Josh. Where, as usual, we will shine a light on the latest news from the week, um, give you our, our views and perspectives, and uh, yeah, let's see see where it goes. So. No luck going on. Well, it's not, it's, yeah, because you said it's been a bit of a quiet week. It definitely wasn't as busy as last week because I didn't find myself posting. Last week, I was like posting so much every single day. I was like, geez. Um, so this week's been a bit quieter than that. Um, I'm not sure where, where do we want to kick off. We'll start off in America. Um, we'll start with Trump. That hasn't been that much with Trump this week. There's been stuff going on with CNN and um, Google. But we'll, we'll start with Trump and then we'll move on. So this week um, in America, they had a burial of John McCain. Uh, uh, which Donald Trump wasn't invited to. But he sent Mike Pence, didn't he? he sent Mike Pence, yeah. And, and did, did you see the pictures of, because I didn't put the story in here because I just thought it was not inconsequential, but um, if you see Meghan McCain sitting behind, because he kind of says, yeah, I'm here on the part of the, the president. And obviously, and, and the thing is, John McCain, before he passed away, specifically said he didn't want the president there. Yeah. So, Well, not the president, but Trump specifically. So really, he shouldn't have even sent Mike Pence in, in his behalf. And Mike Pence shouldn't open up by saying, I'm here on behalf of the president. Just to say, you're here in the capacity of uh, of the state, or however you want to go about it, right? But don't say, I'm, I'm here in the pace of the person who didn't actually get invited. Like, So that, that wasn't... And then obviously Twitter went a bit mad by saying, if... if if looks could kill, then you see it. And stuff like the daggers are, are on Meghan McCain's face. Um, yeah, th- I mean, we shouldn't be surprised if anything we're, with Trump. But they could have just said to um, Mike Pence, well, we, don't, we didn't invite Trump and we didn't invite you. Uh, so what are you doing here? <laughs> he's had a, he's, I think he's had, he's had a, he's a 31st um, sen- senator to be um, allowed to lie in state in Washington. Um, that, that, that not a lot of senators get that honour to be to lie in state, um, which is, speaks a lot about John McCain as a war hero. But mm, so, did you did you listen to the Fifth Column podcast yeah, yesterday? And because they made a good point on this, right? <clears throat> now I'm not taking away from anything that John McCain done, but at the same time, you can't. And it's, it's like when, when somebody passes away, right? All of their obituaries have to look after the most positive outlooks on them but that doesn't mean you can't you, you can simply overlook some of the uh, let's, I don't want to say negative but the less positive outlooks on somebody so don't get me wrong it's, it, 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 he, he did a lot and he deserves to be honoured in his, in his passing however at the same time it's one of those where I'm, and, I, and, and I've picked this up on a lot of the US podcasts that I'm listening to is that some of the, the kind of news based podcasts are just a bit frustrated like everybody's just uh, elevated him to this saint level yeah. which he didn't have when he was I think, because, I think uh, a lot of it's because of his anti-Trump rhetoric so towards them he, they, they find an ally in him so they kind of boost him up because they hate Trump so much which is kind of understandable because of Trump and McCain didn't get on very well Trump effectively saying when he was running for president I don't I like my war, I like my war heroes to not be captured I don't like losers effectively um so it, I can understand why you get from the left wing trying to up, up, uplift, try to rewrite history, revisionist history when it comes to McCain. And this is the point, right? Yeah. That, 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 that's my only gripe with this. Like, you just you, you can't. Yeah, again, you're, you're probably right. There's a good, good, good terminology over there, just rewriting history. Um, but also because, again, typically none of Trump's handling was 
any good on this because he only kept the flag at half mast for a, a day was it originally yeah. and then had to then bring it back down to half mast because they were like this is not this is not suitable i can't remember how many days it was in the end but it's um he he, he basically restored it to normal uh, much sooner than he could he's he, he's so petty in every instance of what he does i'm like ah oh, dear right. speaking of which yeah. <laughs> um, so this week donald trump called for called amt to fire cnn's president jeff sucker um is kind of citing that it would save um cnn's credibility if they, if they, if they fire the cnn boss this is this speaks to this carries on um trump's war with the media trump's most transpersonal war with cnn uh, closely followed by him bashing nbc as well yeah so, like I say, I read a tweet out. The hatred and extreme bias of of me by CNN has clouded their thinking and made them unable to function. But actually, as I've always said, this has been going on for a long time. Little Jeff Z, little Jeff Z has done a terrible job. His ratings suck, and AT and T should fire him to save credibility. It's it's crazy that the president of the United States feels that he can he should be able to tell or advise um, companies to, who to fire. Well, no, he just tweet, he just tweets on the the, the fly, doesn't he? But yeah. also, if you look at this, the broadcaster also pointed out his ratings this month seven hundred and seven thousand viewers were the second highest ever achieved for the month of August. So <clears throat> he's not killing viewers. To, to, to be honest, right? They're picking, they're going to pick up viewings because even the the Trump supporters will watch it to almost be wound up, and everybody else will watch it because the world wants to hate Trump, especially today. That that is the one thing that. It does make it to a degree. I don't know if you've noticed this. When you listen to the US-based podcast, it can become a bit tedious to a degree because any topic from a political standpoint becomes very... The fifth column is slightly different. It still can become incredibly frustrating listening to the fifth column sometimes. But they always have... Um, who's the one who always... He tends to always take the opposite to the, uh, the popular opinion we, to, just, to just balance out the, the conversation, right? But other ones I listen to, so I think there's a deep state radio one I listen to, they just, they all hate Trump, mm -hmm. which means they can't take a subjective view on any story because every story has to be focused on Trump's the worst in the world. And that may be the outcome, but that may be the actual basis of the story itself, right? But I would like to hear it explained in a more subjective manner based on, on, on facts. If, if the purpose of the podcast is supposed to be uh, kind of from a news coverage point of view I'd just like to hear some of it on a subjective yeah, point of view yeah. if I want to hear bias then I'll get, I mean I don't watch CNN and I, I mean I'm over here I don't need to right um, but even when I hear clippets of it so I get a lot of the clippets when I listen to No Agenda and again they just it, it's it just becomes it becomes so biased to a degree where I get this is the problem. It becomes so biased to a degree that for his supporters, when he, he comes out and says fake news, which is still a rubbish term, right? They can just associate that with, well, it's all anti-Trump, anti-Trump, anti-Trump. And what does the media come out and do? Just completely back that position. So it doesn't surprise For as long as he is in power, will always be the battle against the media and the fake news. But, but it's, yeah, you're right. It's, it's just, it's bizarre that he just continues that nobody has managed to curb his enthusiasm for his outbursts on Twitter. Like, it's just, it's so bizarre that this is the primary platform for a sitting president to use for spacing his views. Yeah, going on saying on Trump, um, Google's come out this week and, and said that there's no media bias against Trump. Uh, to, to meet the bias against Trump is not true. But do you, well, no, 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 because this is a, this is based on a specific point. Because what he's basically saying is, is the in previous years 
they have um, promoted the State of the Union address for Obama underneath. So you know, underneath the Google bar, yeah. it always says something, right? Now I think, I think this is an instance of him doing a Britain first again. Okay. He's seen a video and he's just tweeted it without any research. Because okay. if you look at the video, the video basically does, it covers, it says for years they supported Obama and then it comes out and it shows it shows the, the pages and it shows the State of the Union and it shows something under. And then on the dates for Trump, it shows it blank underneath. Now it's never blank underneath. Yeah. It's always got something, right? Not to mention the fact that you can then go back onto the Wayback Machine site, which basically allows you to look at the archives of all the single sites. And you can see that this wasn't actually factually true. Now, Google have come out and said, actually, it wasn't a State of the Union address. It was um, so, therefore, they didn't need to treat it the same way. But nonetheless, that's a doctored video. Yeah. And I think he's just seen that and gone exactly like he did with Britain first, not thought about the background of it, not thought around the basis of it, just thought, this supports my argument. I mean, his Trump was, he didn't go into detail on it. He just put hashtag stop the bias, right? So I think this is a, another instance of him just, again, knee-jerk tweeting. Like, it's just... It must just be. Do you know? I don't feel sorry for. Her. I'm not going to say I feel sorry for because I don't. But Sarah Huckabee Sanders must have one of the toughest jobs in the US at the moment because right? she has to come out. She must just wake up in the morning and think, "What fuck up has he done today that I'm going to have to stand in front of the media and defend?" And as you, if you look over the course of his term, she she just seems to every time you see her now, it seems you see her patience levels drop, drop further drop. and further and further and further down. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't take on it. I don't like I say I don't feel sorry for her. I'm not the biggest fan of her, but I don't envy her job either. <laughs> All right, guys. So moving on from America, um, I'm not saying in America. So this week also, um, Aretha Franklin was laid to rest, and uh, Aretha Franklin's like how Americans love to do things. It was a big. Uh, seven big, hours, wasn't it? A big event, seven hours long. A lot, of, um, a lot of famous people invited down there, as you as you'd imagine. Bill Clinton was one of those people, and um, Ariana Grande performed in front of um, the the clergy people, the mourners, and a, a bishop grabbed all the headlines <laughs> this week. Oh well, Bill grabbed some of the headlines, but a, a bishop for for different reasons. But um, a bishop grabbed the headlines because. Um, he didn't know who Ariana Grande was, and he compared. He he thought when they mentioned Ariana Grande, he thought it was a form of a Taco Bell. But that's a lie, though, right? Because he <laughs> did know who she was. So this is just uh, this is just a, a particularly. I I just thought this was a, a, a very a inappropriate, a, a very joke. inappropriate joke, right? Yeah. Um, it, I, I, yeah, because obviously he knows who she is. You don't you don't turn up because he was hosting. He's basically hosting the event, right, yeah. for all intents and purposes. So he knew who everybody was on there. Mm -hmm. And it's not like unless you've had your head in the sand, you know who Ariana Grande is, right? At least to a degree of, you know, the name is associated to music. So <clears throat> I thought this was a um, a joke, particularly in bad taste. Mm -hmm. However, that was not what compounded his performance for the day. So he then went on to put, well, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say he put his arm around it because he did. So he's been accused of groping her. He's been rightly accused of groping her because <laughs> he's full on grabbed her breast. Like you can't, I don't, I'm, I'm looking at the picture and I looked at it loads of times over and again. Like is you can't get away from him not knowing what he's doing. And don't get me wrong, she's, she's shorter than him, yeah. but he, he obviously knows that it's more appropriate to put your hand around a waist and not 
fully grab onto her tits. Like that's that's it's actually not because it's not like the, when you look at this. You know when you put your arm around someone yeah. loosely and you put and you've just loosely got your arm around them yeah. versus you full on grabbed them when you put the arm around. Do you want to hear his apology? He goes, I would never, it was never my intention to touch anyone's press. Maybe I crossed the border. Maybe I was, a, I was too friendly or familiar. But again, I apologise. Yeah, but he seems to be admitting it at the same time as apologising for it. Because yeah. when he said, I'm, maybe I was being too familiar. So like, you've just admitted, basically, that you did that. And he, then when he referred to hugging other people, that wasn't a hug, dude. <laughs> like, that was a, and again, I'm looking at it because sometimes things can be blown out of proportion, right? But in this instance, I don't, I don't envision that as being blown out of proportion. She didn't look particularly comfortable with it. I just thought, and it doesn't help that the the cap the pictures of it capture him with like a particularly large grin on his face as well. I don't think that was the the reason behind it, but it just doesn't. Yeah, it didn't land well in any way whatsoever. And to be honest, because there was a Twitter storm back and forth, some focusing on what he was doing, but that was in response to the fact that a lot of the tweets were about what, the length know? of her dress. I forget that shit, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't really see, I mean, I'm looking at it, right? And I didn't see anything inappropriate about it either. <laughs> and we'll go on to it. We'll, we'll go on to the Big Brother thing. I think this generation is full of idiots. Is is just, you got people, you got men who are pathetic that talk about women's women's clothing length and you got uh we'll go we'll, we'll dig we'll dig but I didn't think it, I didn't actually looking at that dress I didn't think there's nothing wrong with there's anything inappropriate about that nothing wrong with her dress it's just people being idiots alright moving to the UK well hold on because you mean uh, uh, have we moved off are there any stories I feel like there was something else that we missed in that story oh Bill Clinton yes there you go there right, you go. so there you Bill go. Clinton and his wandering eyes so for all those who haven't caught the, the pictures or the memes and the, the countless videos Oh, Bill, Bill Clinton was sitting in the front row right next to Jackson Jackson uh, whilst Ariana Grande was performing and he looked kind of perked up and happy. I mean, the problem is, oh, is he, he's also <laughs> sitting with he's also sitting with his hands kind of like a contented little yeah. little puppy dog. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, he looks like he's been renewed of 20 years of youth in this photo. Yeah. I'm not the biggest Ariana Grande fan when it comes to attractiveness. I think she looks like a little, a little girl. So, not that old, dude. No, but no, but she looks like you no. Know, some women they they look petite and they look like schoolgirls. She looks like a schoolgirl to me. So, um, but moving on, uh, in the UK, so UK before um, there's been quite a few um, stories in the UK this week. I'll start off with um, Alex Salmond. Alex Salmond, uh, the ex Scottish uh, minister, um, has resigned from the from SNP, and. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so let me give a bit of background on so, it. So, so, Alex Salmon has basically been accused of sexual harassment by yeah. two, two, two people, right? Yeah. Um, so, he has le- he's basically said he's, he's, going to, he's left the SNP until he can get this cleared up, mm-hmm. by saying that he will come back after it's cleared up, right? Okay, fine. <clears throat> and, 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 I mean, I don't, obviously, I don't know what happened behind closed doors here, yeah. right? And if there have been allegations against him, then he has the right to respond to those allegations. What I don't agree with is the fact that he started up a crowdfunder um, thing for this for 50k and it's eventually reached 100k mark yeah. and then said well actually we'll use it for um, the the case against my allegations one of which I think he's put specifically against um, I can't remember her name she's basically holds the highest um, role in the SMP or Nicola Sturgeon no 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 um, uh, I need to find her name 
Miss Evans. Yeah, Miss Evans. Uh, so so he, he's put two counts. So one is against the, the Scottish government, and then the other is against Miss Ev Evans, who is the Scottish government's most senior civil servant. I So I'm, I'm guessing what he's saying is it's her who oversees the process that this goes through. Therefore, he's going to get to two of them for her. But you've got cash, dude. And I don't really find this to be appropriate from a point of view that you've now gone out to the public to fund your response to these allegations. I don't like that. That doesn't sit well with me. No, you shouldn't. Um, and also, there's a good point made in this, right? Is that I know we can live in a, an era where there are oversensitivities to some things, right? But this makes a very good point that it suggests out to some of the women at least involved in this. Well, they've, now, they've made allegations and this guy's now gone away and put 100K to go back at them allegations and... Somebody makes a good point. What message does that put across to people who do experience this for them to be empowered enough to come out? So nothing about this story sits well. I, I don't like it one one bit whatsoever. A hundred a hundred k for you to go back for your case. Nah, that's that's nah nah. I'm not having it. That's quite. I, I find it wholly wholly inappropriate. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, Staying in the UK. So the, the, the big news this weekend. This week, big news this week in um, British TV was the Big Brother, um, the Big Brother diabolical. So what happened on Thursday, um, Roxanne Pallet, who's an ex-Coronation Street actress, and Ryan Thomas, who currently works for, who currently, I don't know if he's ex-Coronation Street as well, um, they were both, they've both been in the Big Brother house, and, and the, the video that was shown by the Daily Mail of, of Ryan he he literally it was play fighting. He play fight. He punched her. She jogged off. Went into the big brother room. Did, did you watch the the footage though? He hardly touched her. He, he did, but I don't I didn't really understand the context of what he was doing. I mean, she said, "Oh yeah, he he punched me like a, a boxer." And don't get me wrong, there wasn't much contact there. But at the same time, it was just I can't. I mean, there's a lot of females that I'm very familiar with, but I can't ever think of a time where I've gone and the the, 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 the spar and punches. So yeah. it seemed in and of itself. A bizarre thing to do. It, it, it's because we haven't seen the full context of the whole conversation, or they've been joking around previously, so we don't know. I no, but they weren't particularly. No, I've watched it because I made because I, I, I made made sure that I tracked it down because I was like, I could see basically whenever I, I tried to put it on YouTube, um, and YouTube just kept having these fucking. I didn't realize I how rife this was, but they basically have this robotic voice that talks through it, but it only had stills. So then I managed to see it, and basically they're in the kitchen, not really. They, they're just there. In the kitchen together, they're not really talking. It's just a on part of a conversation. And he just randomly kind of dances around her and gives her the yeah. as if you're sparring on a bag to the to the ribs. And it's not. I don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't know if there was barely any contact there. I don't know if there was contact. But it's hard because it's a, it's a far away yeah. view that you've got. But it, in and of itself, it just seemed a bit of a bizarre thing to do. Um, however. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be fair on this, I'm right? A, because a, I. I think. I, no. 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 I think the backlash, this is the problem with a society of social media and Twitter, right, is that regardless of whether you, I mean, I, I think she went OTT with her response to this, but I also think that everybody else went OTT over this outside of that. Do you know why? I, I, I mean, it's celebrity big brother, I don't... I, I, I understand why. I, 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 can, I, I, can, um, I can give why I think they've gone OTT. It's dangerous. What she did there is dangerous on so many different different levels. The first thing she did was was dangerous. That um, he played fight with her. She jogged off, went to the went into the jogged off, 
um, went into the diary room, complained to Big Brother, then demanded that they remove him, said that she couldn't sleep in a room with him um, because he, it hurt so badly. Then when, when, other, when, other, housemates, um, when other housemates were, uh, were showing talks, uh, asked about it, she said that he, she, he hit her, like, and he, like she showed another housemate, and she swung really hard at him, so that, that's how he hit her. Then when, um, when it's been shown back to other housemates that have left the, left the house, they're like, wow, what's, how bad is that? What she did there is, is kind of like crying wolf. It's dangerous because if, when real women have been actually abused, people will be like, well, this, this whole thing about, it goes, goes on to the Asian Argento thing, is that we, we so earlier this year it was believe all women, give women the benefit of the doubt. But when you see stuff like this, it kind of makes people go, hmm... Uh, should I really be giving them the benefit of the doubt? Yeah. Because, 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 um, if, 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 imagine if the cameras weren't there and she said Ryan hit her, he could lose his job. He could, he could lose his career. That's why he's, that's why he's, 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 he's crying because she's gone, he's a woman, he's a woman beater. And, and everyone that looked at that is thinking, I don't see no woman beater there. She could, and also she could have called him out on it. She could have gone, you hit me, that hurt. Why did you hit me for? Instead of going, oh, going, going to be a brother house and going, oh, why do you? She could have just done it right there and then, call him out on it, and be a brother would have removed him. Mm, yeah, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not agreeing. So, so you're missing. So I'm not condoning her actions on it. So actually, what happened was, as to directly after it, she walked into the room and went, ah, oh, just been. She's not talking to anybody. Yeah, there's nobody in the room. Yeah. And no, no, before she goes to the diary room. No, no, she goes, she goes, goes, the goes to the room by herself. Yeah, and, goes, and oh, that she really says, hurt. oh yeah, 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 that 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 hurt me, brother. And then she goes in later and she goes, oh, I've gone from. Upset to angry, so it's not really clear to me what made her increase this level of response and anger to her. And I'm not defending what she done. I don't, in general, agree with the fact that, regardless of what anybody has done, and this is the problem with reality TV shows, right? And this is why people struggle when they come out of reality TV shows. And to a degree, I understand you you kind of take the risk of what you're signing up to, right? But she is now, whether I agree with her or not, and I don't agree with what she's done, but she's now not, she's barely going to be able to leave her house now, right? <laughs> now, I'm not condoning her actions yeah. there, but I'm also not condoning the response from the outside world, and I get it, and she shouldn't, and I don't agree with the way that she responded, and I do agree that it is dangerous what she's done there. And she could have just called him out at the time and said, what are you doing? That's not play fire. And she didn't. She laughed it off and she walked away. So there's a million better ways to handle yeah. this. And eventually she left the house because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general... I don't like this whole culture of the responsiveness to things that happen on reality reality TV. Okay, I, I agree with that because there's a, there's a point of witch hunting there and trying to go out to destroy someone because of they, they see something on reality TV. I get that. But going on to the bigger... My thing we have now in 2018, society-wise, we've got this stupid argument between men and women where we're... Instead of trying to... Um, Instead of trying to see things on like on a human level, we try and see things on the tribal level. There's this you get like the, Ari, the Ariana Grande thing where you get guys, men and women coming out saying that her skirt's too short and it's her fault that and if a woman if if a woman doesn't be sexualized, she shouldn't dress like that. I'm like no, a woman, should, a woman you should respect a woman if she's wearing a short skirt. You should respect a woman if she's wearing a long skirt. It doesn't matter. You should respect her as a human being just on the human being level. You shouldn't you you shouldn't base your value on her based on what she's wearing. On the other other side, believe all women. That's bullshit. I'm sorry. It is yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't understand where you're coming from. Where you've got this whole believe all women. I haven't heard that. No, I, but I, I've heard the it. I've me, heard, the Me I've, Too movement. I get, but no, I don't. I've I don't. heard, I've heard the believe all women stuff. I heard it from um, 
What's that woman's name? Oh, um, the girl from the one of the leaders of Me Too, the bald-headed woman. Uh, uh, Rose, Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan. I've heard it from Chelsea, Chelsea Handler. I've heard it from um, Adrian Zento. Rose McGowan straight off her rocket. Yeah, yeah. I know, so. I know, but I'm saying about like um, what's her name? Chelsea, Chelsea Handler as well. It we it, it, instead of saying. And the reason why I say that is because when you start saying stuff like that, you come across as a hypocrite. And then we've seen it with the Adria Gento thing. That a lot, of, a lot of people that were supporting Adria Gento come across as hypocrites because of the same arguments that they're using against the demonize the, the, the guy that tried to brat, uh, blackmail her. It's the same arguments that men were using when um, people accusing Bill, um, Bill Cosby, people accusing um, Harvey Weinstein. So... It's in, we should, instead of society going men and v women, we should always look at it on a, on a human level and saying, okay, these things aren't right. Yeah, but I, I get what you're saying to a degree, but you've just picked out a, a minority of a group of people who are being particularly vocal about it. And over the course of history, in any area of debate, I can always give it, you could always find instances of that. So I get what you're saying, but it's never. it could be men versus women. It could be UK versus Germany. It could be... A US versus Russia, right? You you will always get yeah, where there is division. You will always get people, particularly outspoken, whether it be the left or the right. What, what, however you want to look at it, that will always happen. Yeah, but I think where we're going now, we're moving into a we're having a social change, right? Where um, we're having, but I would argue it's not even my my problem is it's not. <clears throat> It's not about the position particularly being taken. It's the social sensitivity phase. That's the problem I've got. Because there was another story this week where somebody, and I can't remember the exact details of it, he, 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 it, was a, it was a US senator, I think, and he referred to, um, the problem was he was responding to another senator or, or head of state who was black, and he referred to not monkeying with the, the, the finances, right? As in not messing around with the finances. Now it gets reported on TV suggesting monkeying around and then referencing that to a derogatory term yeah. for black people, right? Now you've decided to take a logical long jump yeah. completely off it. And the problem is, is it's the social sensitivity which is the issue. And this is why people can't have conversations about anything nowadays because you have to tiptoe around. Any, any and everything, everything that you talk about because you might offend people. And this is why, again, when I, I mean, I stay away from, the, I don't really use Twitter, right? As I don't, I can get my inputs and news from, from other places, right? And obviously I see stuff that gets posted on Twitter. But you've got, this is why you've got things like the intellectual dark web that have, yeah. have appeared, right? Because there are certain people who want to have conversations about stuff. But in order to do that, you're, you're pushed into a position where you spend your whole life having to be on the defensive. Being Jordan Peterson has now made a career out of it, yeah. right? So he can't complain too much about it. Sam Harris gets it all the time because to a degree, Sam Harris does, goes much further in than I think Jordan Peterson does because he jumps into multiple topics which he knows will be divisive, whereas Jordan Peterson pretty much sticks with the position of the, the view of society and sex nowadays, right? So he sticks with that one position and defends it vehemently, right? Whereas Sam, I think, just dips into loads of things that... We should have these open conversations about, but whenever somebody then has them, you know that you're going to get probably, and, and the reality is, right, 70% of people probably agree with him, but the most, but nobody comes out, they're the quiet they're too ones. Scared. They're too it's scared. It's the 30%. And, and why are they too scared? Because the 30% who want to chastise them will absolutely destroy them. Yeah, de demonise them. All right, moves to nine. It's a poor state of affairs, man. Moving on. All right, so um, this week, the man jailed, the man who um, been jailed for a plot to kill Theresa May, um, this guy is particularly ugly. Uh, if, you, if any of you go and see the um, actual article, um, you get this, 
get his yeah, name up. So s- Namur Zakaria Ramen, um, 21 of North London, was convicted of preparing to acts of terrorism against Theresa May. Yeah, but this is... I find this one intriguing, right? Now, I'm not saying that he's innocent, but also it was a very elaborate trap that caught him in this. Mm-hmm. So he he said that he wanted to... I mean, the, the, the thing here is there's a very big difference between somebody's words and actions, and fair enough, you can only read into what somebody said. But, I mean, what were the words... I, I, I want to do a suicide bomb on Parliament. Um, I want to attempt to kill Theresa May. All I need now is a sleeper cell to lay low... Uh, is a sleeper cell to lay low for now, right? Now, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who say that in conversations. I'm not saying that. We, I'm, not, I'm not, and I'm not condoning saying that, right? But there's a big jump between saying something and doing something. It feels a bit of like entrapment. It, well, it feels like it a bit to me. So he got under the guise of speaking to somebody from ISIS. He then is actually speaking to an MI, MI5 agent who then supplies him suppo- supplies him with what he assumes to be a bomb, which be, be in a package, right? So you've taken somebody who is... It, it, the, when I'm looking at this trying to be kind of balanced on it, I'm thinking you've got somebody who's particularly susceptible to manipulation, Are right? you a catalyst for him to... And then, exactly. Yeah. Without you having that conversation, does it, and it's... it's it's a difficult one, right? Because if you don't interact with him and engage him, then he might have gone ahead and do it. It's a bit of, done a, it. it's a bit of minority report here. It's, if that it's preemptively identifying yeah. him, right? And, and I just thought... <laughs> I mean, 30 years is a, is a long term. And again, I'm not saying he's innocent, but the way that this was there, it just posed a question to me. If, if you don't engage him and give him the bomb or you, you kind of play things out over a longer term, do you come to find that actually, here's a danger to society, but then you do him for something different, which is going to be a, a five, ten year term, or you basically, you have, the, the response is, he did all of this kind of off his own free will, but there's a degree of this where you provided with him all the means to back up what he, he said he wanted to do at the very conception of it. So I read this and I was like, it feels, it does feel a bit like entrapment here. And the only reason that, I think whatever happens, he should have gone to jail for a period of time because he clearly has insidious means behind what, what he's trying to do. But 30 years is a, is a long term for somebody who I feel you didn't capture him as a criminal mastermind doing something. You almost were the criminal mastermind and he was just the pawn that you put into place. Yeah. It was, yeah, just, it, it sat a bit strange with me, this one. Felt a lot like entrapment. It, yeah, yeah, I just, I just, yeah, because I, I couldn't, when I first read it, I was like, well, this must be straight, well, when I saw the headline, I was like, well, this must be a straight, straightforward one, and then when I read into the background, I was like, hmm, seems a bit of manipulation going on here. All right, so, um, this week in um, financial news, um, Wonga, <laughs> the Pagan company, has um, prepared an order to wind down. So, um, Wong, Wong, Wonga was the company that gave a lot of payday loans. So payday loans in the UK are um, loans that you'd get in regard, like short-term loans that you'd, you'd effectively pay off when you get when you get paid. And the interest rates were ridiculously crazy. The law was changed because of um, companies that like Wonga that were giving or making actually people... It's like a thousand percent, wasn't yeah, it? a thousand percent, yeah. Making people actually poorer. And now um, administrators come in and Wonga looks like it's going gonna, it's gonna to collapse, which is quite ironic. 
So I'm, I'm not against one going out of business because I, I completely disagree with it. I mean, it does feel to, it's inappropriate, the level of, you're basically trying to offer a short-term fix with long-term impacts, right? You can't yeah. be giving away a £1,000, 1,000% bloody APR. It's ridiculous, right? Um, however, there's also a degree, because there was one, so, so in, in a, I, I'm not going to shed a tear for any, anybody losing out on this. I, I, don't, I don't like that industry anyway. And actually, I know quite a few people who have kicked off some like smaller loan companies of this, and a lot of them are just basically crooks, yeah. to be honest. And it lasts for so long before they have to pack it up before they actually get caught for breaking the law, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like a, it's almost like a scammers industry in my eyes because from a business perspective, you're exploiting the people who are financially at risk for your long term gains, mm-hmm. right? So I, I'm I'm not displeased in any way about these not disappearing. Um, However, there was there was one of these guys in here. So there's a 27 year old. He says he's debt free now, but he said the loan started off relatively small at around 100 pound, but increasingly grew until I was borrowing 400 to 800 a month. And then in September 2017, I finally decided to complain to Wonga about their irresponsible lending to me throughout <laughs> the years. Now, there is a degree of responsibility companies should take to giving you loans, but there is also a degree of personal responsibility you need to take. I think this guy votes for Corbyn. I didn't. I just. I just thought. Don't completely absolve yourself of the fact that you kept going back for this, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And and to be clear, all of their T's and C's were there. What when the law changed, they made sure that when they put all of these adverts on TV, they needed to be explicit. And this is why when you started hearing them on the radio, this was what gave winds to the adverts finishing. And then you having about thirty seconds of somebody speaking at the speed of light yeah. to run through their oblig- obligations from a T's and C's point of view, right? But let's just be clear. And we all know that we don't read T's and C's. We all know it. We all yeah. know it. So if for some big things, you will trawl through it and you might get 75% of the way through and then scan the rest. And there is a rare minority of people out there who read all the T's and C's of the stuff they sign up to, right? Nonetheless, if I sign up to something and the T's and C's are not, well, I, I haven't read them and that puts me at risk, then it's actually my fault. It's my fault. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, there is a degree. If they kept going back, then fine. But what I refer my complaint, because what he's putting here is, I refer my complaint to the financial abundsman who upheld my complaint and deemed that more than 40 of the loans were irresponsible. You went back 40 times. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, the fact that he's got that, that endorsed, I'm like, 40 times is, come on, dude. I mean, I know it was when he was younger, but there for me feels like there needs to be a degree of personal response. Just in that particular story. But again, overall, sorry, that particular instance. But overall, I'm not, I'm not displeased about against this. I, I think it's a, a scammer's industry. So um, I would only hope that it gets replaced by something that is more effective for what these people need, right? Because there is nonetheless people who do need... I mean, in his instance, he was using it for gambling. But yeah. there are people who genuinely need this for, to get them through the month. Mm-hmm. And they should have a solution <clears throat> by which they don't have to say, well, for the sake of living for the next two weeks, I'm then going to have to pay back four times as much when I when I get paid it's a, it's, it's, it's a hands uh, mouth kind of way of living so I would hope that we can find more appropriate solutions for this but one will go in a way yeah I don't, I don't care too much goodbye right. <laughs> um, so in, I'll stay in the UK another story a self-styled a self-styled paedophile hunter um, falsely accused him, has been convicted of falsely accusing a man of grooming teenagers this is where things become really dangerous this is dangerous this definitely is dangerous so, um, Stephen Doerr, um, 34, also known as Stephen Trapp, pleaded guilty to making an improper communication online. So, he falsely accused another guy of, of being a paedophile, which is really dangerous because of 
it's like mud sticks in it. It's, <laughs> there's no spot without fire. Um, he accused. Well, he Paul- accused his. So Paul Farhad, who's 42, of being a violent psychopath. A massive danger to society. All of this in a Facebook post, right? Yeah. But originally, he had he he had said uh, he, that he didn't infer that he was a paedophile. To which this Mister Farhad then showed the actual post, and so because originally he was pleading non guilty, yeah. and as soon as being showed this, he then changed his plea to guilty. So I'm like, he's completely dishonest anyway. But this is uh, at the end of the day, if if I went out and started trying to be try, trying to. Basically, so let's say there, there are, I wanted to do a Batman, basically. There is crime on the streets, and I decide I'm going to go out and fix it myself, right? Then I'm not going to get away with that. Yeah. And I don't like the fact that he was allowed to even say, don't get me wrong, if he, was, if he is finding some information that he should then pass on to the authorities, fine. And obviously, I'm not endorsing paedophiles here in any way whatsoever. Yeah. But you should deal with anybody who's broken the law in the correct manner. Yeah. And I don't understand how he got away with just being some kind of self-proclaimed. But you have lots of them. Yeah. You do, but it's dangerous in and of itself, right? Yeah. Because of reasons like this. They're not... They're kind of doing, and I'm sure he's found some legitimate paedophiles, right? But they're not going to be looking, they're not private investigators. Yeah, it feels like the Spider-Man thing, with great power comes with great responsibility. And so you've decided, and again, when you're doing it on Facebook, because this guy, right? Right, so we've seen this story here, and he knows that he's not guilty, right? But there are going to be people who have tarnished this with him for forever. Yeah. Just forever. They've, they've just, it's associated with him now. Um, <clears throat> so even if this guy gets found guilty, it doesn't, it doesn't solve the problem that this gentleman here has for at least the immediate future, right? I'm just thinking to myself, how has somebody managed to get away with... I mean, what has he got? A T-shirt? A trap community? I'm like... That was it. Stephen Jaw, also known as Stephen Even Trap. Trap, yeah. Featured on the regional edition of BBC Inside Out program. So it's not like he was doing this under the radar. I know. He's an idiot. Alright. Moving on. HMRC tax avoidance blacklist backed. So HMRC are going to... uh, I'm not sure about this. HMRC celebrity blacklist (laughs) over tax avoidance backed by cable. So um, HMRC are going to... uh, they've, They've... They've already started to. Um, it's, it's stopping for people from getting honours. So if you're if you're blacklisted by HMRC, it will prevent you from getting honours honours list by the Queen, which is pretty much by the Prime Minister. Um, how do you feel about this? I'm not too against. In principle, I, I think they'll have to work out some of the intricacies of it. You know my general view on this, as we've mentioned before, is that <clears throat> people who go. The thing is. Tax avoidance and tax eva- evasion are completely different things, yeah. right? So what they're putting here is people who em- employ basically aggressive tax avoidance. Tax avoidance is not against the law. No, so not. however aggressive you are, it doesn't make any difference. It means you are working within the boundaries of the law, loopholes or not, call them what you want, but you're working within the boundaries of the law to pay less tax. It is, And you're not breaking the law by doing it, right? Um, in principle, those people who do it to the most exploitative of manners... To a degree, again, because this isn't saying they're breaking the law, but when you're being given a, when you're on the honours list, then it's from a position of you're you're well held upheld within society. Yeah. So the principle of it, I think, the suggestion that somebody is, is being maybe not immoral, because I, again, I don't agree that it's against the law. I think it's down to somebody to, if they want to stop people avoiding tax, then they need to change the laws, right? Mm-hmm. But the principle behind it, if the if it's seeking to say where people are being excessively, let's say, attempting to be dishonest, they shouldn't be on the honours list. 
I can kind of agree with that, but not necessarily the the specifics of how they're going to do this. I think what it will come down to is, are they going to take um, honours away from people? Because if they start doing that, then it's a, a, a slippery slope that they're going down. If they're purely just going to build this into it, I think we need to see an example of somebody not getting an honour because of it first. Mm -hmm. I, 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 reading on this. But what's not clear to me is, because it says David Beckham, so invested in the tax avoidance scheme, was kicked back from his knighthood in 2013. So what's not clear to me is what what is new about this? Because if he was kicked off because of his tax avoidance before, all that seems to have happened here <coughs> is they've come up with an amber, red and green rating, which they mention in the article, but doesn't really explain what it is. So it just seems to me like they've come up with a different way of measuring something that they already do. Yeah. Um, hospital parking fees in Wales have been scrapped. So after a decade, the policy which was initially announced, um, parking is now free at all Welsh NHS hospitals. I'm a bit wary about this. And I mean, why? Why? Uh, um, all right, so I think it's a good idea for, I think in principle it sounds really good. Oh yeah, free parking. But I also think hospitals, uh, if the money goes to hospitals for parking, I think it's fair. I really do. Money don't, don't tend to go to hospitals. In fact, what they usually do is outsource this to private parking companies. Okay, that's bad. <clears throat> I, I completely wholeheartedly agree with this. I think it's an absolute... I don't, and I don't, I don't care. If you need to fund the NHS, you need to find the funds to get that. I think yeah. it's an absolute travesty how much people have to pay. To, the only thing you need to be careful of here is to make sure that you don't get people who are just saying, I'm going to go into somewhere near the hospital and park but in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. But that's just a control measure. But I think it's... Because it's never... The thing is, it's not like when you go to a hospital, you're paying cheap rates. You're paying full NCP charge yeah, rates, yeah. right? So you've got people who Fuck are going there to see somebody who's ill. You've got even worse people who are ill going to the hospital and having to pay for the leisure of the, the with the long wait times. They're having to pay even more. So I'm waiting because the NHS can't turn around my appointment faster. And for all the times I wait, I'm paying more. And some of those you're talking 10, 15 pound a day yeah. for people who have to return multiple times or you've got an, um, somebody in your family who's ill. So you're going every day. I think that they should roll this out in the UK. I, I, I have always thought it's an absolute travesty how much you have to pay to go to, to park in hospitals, to be honest. I am moving on. It's just weird, weird that it took them 10 years after. But I think what the problem, what, what it was is from reading into this, and again, I guess it would take longer in the UK, is from the point it was announced, there were still all of the private contracts that needed their times to, to roll off. Did you, did you see um, Theresa May dancing this week from Zimbabwe and... Went to Zimbabwe and it's Africa. It's Africa. I did because uh, one of the guys posted it on on Facebook and said you lot having a dig at her because she can't dance. I've seen some of you lot on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's Joe. Uh, <laughs> all right, staying in the UK. Uh, Watch Dog Seuss um, ticket reseller of um, Vigago go. Vigago. I couldn't even say it how you said it if I tried. Yeah. Vigago go. <laughs> <laughs> by Gogo. Um, the ticket reseller via Gogo has been taken to court by a competition watchdog over its concerns with breaking consumer protection law. Uh, this Do you know what was really bizarre about this, right? Is only on, I think, uh, when did this come out? The 31st, which was, was it? What day was that? Was that, that was Friday. And it was really bizarre because on Thursday we were talking about, and I can't remember what came up. But I was having a conversation with one of the guys I work with and we, we the conversation of resellers came up and how extortionate their reselling prices are. 
And what he actually said is, this should be simple. What should actually happen is, is that whoever the site seller is, should, if you resell a ticket, it should go back into the pool. So if, yeah. so if anybody's aware of kind of, it tends to be more for house music events, but resident advisor are a ticket selling site for that. Now what happens is, if you don't want to go to one of their events, you can go to one of these reseller sites, which a lot of people can do, will do, because they can get more on. But equally, you can just say you, you want a refund for your ticket and it goes back into the pool. So an event that shows a sold out, you might check back and actually has tickets because someone's put them back in. The advantage of that is, you know you're getting it for face value, right? Which I think is in, in, um, completely appropriate. And actually, it turns out that Ticketmaster, so basically Ticketmaster said at the earlier, at the start of this month, they're going to close down Seatwave and get me in. And that, in fact, is exactly how they will work in future. That so if a buyer, yes, which I think is, is much more appropriate. I mean, there's there's another app that I uh, found because I wanted to go to, when, when I went to one of the Elro events a few weeks ago, TicketSwap, which is actually quite good because people go on there and they sell it quite close to what the value is or, or not a million miles off. The problem with like a, a Viagogo is you're getting some, I mean, particularly uh, Arctic Monkeys <clears throat> called on Viagogo to be closed down because tickets for their upcoming tour appeared on the site for £2,200. Ridiculous. And I would imagine the face value of those is probably about £100. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So I, yeah, I, I don't know. These sites have no function for me because I have never found a ticket on there where in principle I felt I could buy it. I was like, this is just... I can't, I can't, justify. in principle, justify spending £200 on a £50 ticket. Mm. It's nothing about the amount. If it, if it was a £190 ticket, face value, and you're selling it for 250 I'll be like, all right, they're sparse. But four, five, six times the price is just, again, this is like a scammer's game, man. All right. There's so many stories on it. I'm just trying to pick which one's going <laughs> through next. Um, so Crossroad's been delayed in the, in the UK. So Crossroad is... Uh, Crossroads was supposed to come through in early 2019. It's been delayed to autumn 2019, so it's like nine months after expected delivery date. Um, it's cost 15 billion so far. Originally, I think the price is a distortion anyway, but it's, it keeps going up and up. Uh, it's bad product product management. <laughs> this is the point, right? Because they tried it. They've tried to dance around it, saying, "Yeah, we need some more time for additional testing and to make sure it's safety and the rest of it." I mean, it's already 600 million over budget. It's already behind. They've said, I mean, it was supposed to open in December. They've said now, only a few months before, it's going to take another nine months or a year from now. It's exactly what you've said. One of the biggest projects in, in Europe, right, most expensive projects, and the project managers and the program managers have fucked it up. Yeah. And you can find any excuses you want, but you're dancing around the truth that you fucked up on this project and you left it until the last minute to actually say, because you're leaving it this late. People would have started to make plans based on this. TFL were expecting this to bring in additional funds for them yeah. because obviously people will use it more. I just thought <clears throat> you knew this was happening at the start of the year and now people have gone through their budgetary cycles as well. I'm like, just from a, an, an overall management point of view, this has been just hugely mishandled. I mean, I don't envision that there's too many people in the public who are sitting there going, oh yeah, I fully, I'm expecting to have a different travel agenda by January. So I don't think it will hit the public too bad, but all the dependencies that it hits on from an infrastructure point of view for London Rail, I just thought you can't, and gosh, don't get me wrong, let's be clear, ever since the Crossrail projects have been um, kicked off, they, I've never heard any positives mm -hmm. about the management of them. So 
I don't know. Somebody's getting paid a lot of money for fucking up in a, to a high degree. <clears throat> but there was one. So there's one that we need to go back to, which I because I caught this is actually a US based story. Um, but did, did you see the one I put about um, Connor Daly, the NASCAR driver? Um, is that a racial slur? <clears throat> so this one, because I heard this on um, one of the US podcasts. So. Basically, the story is is Connor Daly is a NASCAR driver, and in the NASCAR 500 race, I think it is mm-hmm. that, that takes place this weekend. Um, he was in t- the intention was that the um, diabetes. Uh, hold on, let me get the name on. So Lily Diabetes basically was supposed to to sponsor him, and they pulled out of the sponsorship because 30 years ago, his dad. So before he was born. His dad made a racial slur on a radio program. Um, I think he was... A, what it was is they were having a conversation where he was referring to the N-word, but he used the N-word as part of actually doing it. So mm. I think he lost his job at the time for that. I think the radio host lost his job. And 30 years later, his son has had the sponsorship pulled. What I found a bit more annoying about this is... That, well, a bit frustrating for, for me personally. I have no, no idea how much... It, and he handled this quite well, to be fair, but... He's particularly got this support because he works with them, because he has diabetes himself. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, guys, seriously? And I think what they put on this is they didn't want to, to detract from their their intentions. I don't think anybody would have paid attention to this. How long does the statute of limitations for bad for errors in judgment go back? What do you mean? Because like, if it's like 30 years ago... When does when does when does the but it doesn't? It's a business's personal choice, right? It's ridiculous. You can find anything. You could go back and say, right, somebody, I'm going to strip you because fifth, six generations before somebody was involved in slavery. Any business can do that because it's not, it's not, it's not a law that this is against. I just thought, and I mean, from him, he actually put. He was actually didn't hold this against them. What the last twenty four hours have been. Quite an unnecessary, difficult ride for my family. There is a lot I want to say, but I'm still here and still racing. I appreciate the support from at Russian Way and all of you. Uh, at Lily Diabetes has been a big part of my career, and I'm very thankful. So I thought that was quite a, a humble way mm-hmm. to to approach it from his point of view. But I just, again, it comes down to that sensitivity in in discussion in society, right? I just thought this was a particularly egregious example of it. <clears throat> Alright. Um, what else did I stick on there? So there's a brief. Did I, did I put a brief? Uh, so there's one on here just while I'm uh, scanning over it. So this one surprised me slightly. Is that Co- Coca Cola are going to buy Costa? That doesn't really surprise me. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that Coca Cola want to go into that path. But it doesn't. Well, it doesn't surprise me when I look in the ins and outs of the story. But no, I don't think anybody was sitting there expecting that to happen. Yeah, yeah. but 3.9 billion pounds is a lot of money. Um, well, well, I don't know in the grand it's in the grand scheme of some buyers, it is. But I, I think what was more is it was bought for what like fourteen point nine million. So Whitbread, who bought it originally, bought it like fourteen point nine million. Oh, okay. And this is how much they're selling it for. But what I didn't realize is so it's owned by Whitbread, who also own Premier Inn. And originally there was argument of having a hotel chain and a coffee chain under the same, but they were like the two complement each other at the moment. And they kind of did right. It worked because you could go into a Premier Inn and they they had Costa as their um, coffee of choice, 
but then apparently so so this is a lot more lucrative what what the expectation was is they were going to split this out and then have costa on as a, a separate company on the the stock exchange but this was a whole lot more lucrative way to do it i will be the reason i'm intrigued i will be interested to see how coke go about this okay i'm going to be interested to see how because obviously they're, they're trying to get their dip into the um world of coffee i'd yeah, I'll be interested. I mean, are we now just going to have... I envision that now, obviously, we're just going to have lots of canned coffee on the aisles from in the Coke range. But, yeah, I'll just be interested to see whether they just let Costa continue to be what it is and continue to grow or how, from a strategic point of view, they're going to exploit it to um, potentially increase it. The share... Because, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's still a, a huge brand, Anyway, yeah. so you could just take them as it is and take the profits running from it. Yeah, I'll just be intrigued to see how um, Coke handles it and what innovations they, they make from it or whether they just leave it to organically continue to grow. <clears throat> All right, and moving on, we're moving to Europe. So we've had some stories on Brexit this week. And no, before, yeah, moving on to Europe, um, we had some stories on Brexit. One of the interesting stories was the EU back in um, Bats. Uh, plans to scrap the clocks changing, so they're back. They're back in plans to scrap daylight saving time. Um, Do you know my honest reading of this was? What? There's a lot more important stuff to be talking about at the moment than the clocks changing. <laughs> I just just seems inconsequential to me, to be honest. But I think we've. I, I'm sure in the length of time that we've done this podcast, this has been mentioned before, and it just keeps doing around the houses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. I think people people just don't like the fact that the clocks go back or the clocks go clocks go forward. Um, I think a lot of people are, are, have views that um, you don't get much diff time difference for an hour. The clocks going forward, the clocks going back in terms of diff in terms of day daylight. And some countries, um, some countries, especially in Scandinavia, they don't really get much much light in the winter times. Anyway, so they don't they don't really feel the benefit of the the the, the time switching. But it's, it is, it is what it is. I, yeah, like, like you say, I don't think it's the biggest story or the most important thing they should be focusing on in Europe. But obviously people in Europe feel it's, it's very important and they want to they get changed. Or they don't want to get changed. But yeah. Well, uh, they seem to support it. I think it just seems to be the, the gap in time again between Scandinavia and south of Europe. But then my view on that is there's a big gap from a global perspective. The world moves. That means you get light at different times. I just... Just, I don't know, between, for the sake of two hours, just feel like, you know, this. But in fairness, I mean, in fairness to the EU states, it's not them who are fucking up with the decisions not being made. It's us over here in the UK, right? So maybe they're just like, you do your stuff. We'll, we'll look at this smaller stuff down here, like clock changes. Um, Brexit progress, but no ice breakthrough. So there's, there's um, Dominic Rabs says that there's been, there has been a little bit of progress, but no breakthrough in Irish borders. This is a, I think this is a story about this is a story for the sake of having a story on Brexit. There's not much going on. There's not much. There's not much progress here. Um, it's a bit scary that we're gonna we're in September now, so we're seven months away from move, uh, leaving. Yeah, but they the need EU. to have the deal ready by October. Yeah, and I mean. Um, well, meanwhile, the, president, the prime minister is out in South, in Africa dancing away like a robot. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's, it's not much. Yeah, but yeah, in fairness though, it's not her job, right? This yeah. is what Dominic Rab was brought in for, and yeah. he has spent. He has been with. Barnier this week talking. The only thing was, and they both seem to have suggested, yeah, we are making progress. The problem is, is 
they, I mean, they both say that they've agreed 80% of it. Again, I think this is trying to put a positive spin on something that is really not much of a, 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 a news item from a progress perspective. Mm-hmm. Because the problem is, is so they've agreed 80% and the re- remaining 20%, this is not all of it, but the remaining 20% includes the Irish border. Okay, mm-hmm. big issue. Makes up for 80% of the decision points anyway. Governance and implementation. So what will be the role of the EU Court of Justice? Um, data, how the data of EU citizens currently stored in the UK will be protected. Okay, I'll let that go that that's more of a straightforward one that they should be able to get over. Geographical indications. Um, how will the UK continue protections for regional products, pro- products such as French champagne and Spanish cheese? Um, I'm sure they can come up with an answer for that, right? But And criminal and judicial matters. So, but criminal and judicial matters, governance implementation and Irish border... They may be items within the 20% from a numbers perspective, but they're considerably large decisions that still need to be made in a short amount of time, right? And I mean, Barnier saying, look, there are some, there are some ways around this. If it's not, if it, the decision is made within a few days of the summit in October, it's not a major issue. But it does feel to me like there is still that 20% again equates to me of 80% of the discussions that needed to be had anyway. So I don't know. We still got. Everybody, nobody's happy with her checkers plan. Everybody is saying if she has to make further admissions on it or submissions on it to the EU, then everyone's going to hate it even more. Mm-hmm. Um, it all just adds to just Brexit by name for the moment. Again, for me, it still speaks to we have a, a second round of... Ref- I don't really want to have to go for another referendum, but I still can't get away from the point that this is not what people voted for, even if you're on the, the stay or the leave. But... Yeah. Should emails count as work? I didn't like this story. I, what, what did you think of this? Well, I don't, I don't have a work phone, so I don't, I don't really care. I don't, check, I don't link my... One of my friends, one of my um, colleagues at work, he linked his personal phone to his emails. And I was like, why? I, if you don't have to, don't do it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. You, you, you do it. You, 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 you work in a job where you, you, where you can be on call. I don't, I don't work in a job where I'm on call, so I don't. I don't use my emails. I don't get emails on my on my way to work. I just my view on this is is so at what point if we're going to start saying so should should so people basically spend a lot of their time on their commute looking through their email and this is only been on a study right but they're doing that out of choice now you yeah. can do anything you want during your your time on the the train right some people get a massive amount of emails you argue you can just go and deal with it when you're in the office anyway I rarely send email from my mobile I tend to read them and flag what I need to check but I run to work anyway so it yeah. doesn't it, it, it's different for me but if you're going to start saying well actually commuter time should be counted as work time well no that doesn't make sense for me does that mean no, that well I get into I guess it does depend on the nature of the job but then they fall back to this whole work-life balance thing I always I don't like this term because my view is always it should be flexible work balance and what I mean by that is so so your job Finished, you got a nine to five, right? And so you, because you work in accounts, you don't have to do anything on the side. Now, I work in services. That means some of the times I will need to be on call out of hours. But it also means, from a from a, a personal perspective, there might there's some people in the team who are comfortable where they are, right? And they've got families at home, and they want to go into the office, do their work in the office, and not work outside of it. Yeah. But I'm a single man, and actually, I'm quite driven to 
push on further, right? So again, I shouldn't have to have it enforced on me. You need to have a work-life balance. If I say, to be honest, whenever I speak to somebody, I'm like, there are two hours a day that I need. I need five till seven because I want to be able to get into the gym when it's not quiet. And I'll work from seven to 11 and be in the office from seven until half four. I don't care because I'm, I'm happy to do that because it helps me push on, right? But I shouldn't have it enforced on me to say, well, actually, no, 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 you've not got enough balance. I, I'm, it works for me. <laughs> it works for my ambition. No, because it pushes it back to a state of, and I don't want to go towards kind of a capitalist-based point of view, right? But you get what you work for, and you can't tell me that I'm only allowed to work a set amount of hours if I'm trying to drive and strive on for more. So the whole work-life balance, I don't like that term in and of itself. I don't disagree with it. It should be, be enforced. The flexibility should say, actually, your work-life balance for one person is different to the other. Yeah. And when we have these discussions, they push it across the board. But... I, I don't think that it should be, if you start going into a slope of, if this, and I don't think it will take off, but if any business has started saying, because um, they mentioned clocking in and clocking out, it's not the 1960s and we're not in factories anymore for fuck's sake. But if you start saying, well, yeah, actually, yeah, you're, you're logistically, imagine that. Well, yeah, I, I, I sent emails on the train for an hour today, so I'm going to leave an hour early. I'm like, it's a slippery slope if you start trying to pursue, entertain this nonsense. For me, if you're worried about how much time you spend on your emails, then get a more productive way of managing your emails. Like, and more times than not, right? People respond to emails like they feel they need to knee-jerk respond to them. It's not going to kill you if you make somebody wait three or four hours for a response. Most more times than not, it's not that urgent. So I just, it feels to me just like another one of those studies. There's a, like a billion of those studies out there which have money invested into them to just get pointless outcomes of trivial data. Right. Facebook has launched their rival net, their rival video service to YouTube and Netflix. Um, so YouTube, so I, I've got YouTube Premium. I'm one of the sad people. That, I'm not sad, you know, you're sad. One of the sad people got YouTube Premium, which means I can see YouTube's TV shows. They've, they've launched quite a few TV shows. They launched um, Cobra, Cry, Cobra Kai, which was like um, Karate Kid um, as adults. And they've got other shows on there. And I was like, wow, they've got TV shows on there. And uh, Facebook now have launched their own um, rival to Netflix, Amazon Prime, and YouTube, which allows people to watch their which TV shows which Facebook have paid for and produced themselves. I don't know if it will, I don't know how. I, I, do you know what? My problem with Facebook is that a lot of times with Facebook, it's a, it's a whole social media thing. Like when I watch when I watch TV on Netflix, I don't care. If my friends know I'm watching it, if I watch YouTube stuff, I don't care if my friends know what I'm watching on YouTube. I watch it because I want. I want to watch it. I feel like Facebook a lot of times is well, oh, show this with your friends. Tell your friends that you like it. Oh, if I, if you when you're watching it, then they'll like it because you're. I don't actually think this is for you as a viewer though. This isn't for you. Okay, is it for? So because I get it, I get what you're saying there, and the point that they said, yeah, you can engage in real time, right? Because you can see the comments. Actually, that would piss me off. If exactly. I'm it. That does annoy me when I have to watch the live. If I click on somebody's live and there's stuff, that annoys me. But I don't think this is for the viewers. This is for the um, the content makers, because YouTube have basically held the monopoly, uh, which means that. People haven't had another avenue from a revenue perspective. What YouTube says is what they take from there is, is what they take. And nobody's got other platforms. I think this is more for them because I think it's what they take 45% Facebook, yeah. versus uh, 55 for the um, creators. creators themselves. So I, I think I well, I think that or at least the angle they're taking on this is 
let them cater towards the content makers to help build it up. From a, I can't envision where I would use Facebook to, to watch this. And actually, the stats they've got so of sixteen hundred adult Facebook users, question fifty percent have never heard of Watch. I've got to admit, I wasn't particularly familiar with it. Twenty four percent said they were aware of the on demand service but had never used it. And only 40% told the market research firm that they used it at least once a week. And I think this speaks to people aren't really spending the time on Facebook that they used to. Yeah. Um, I know they've put their Instagram TV on, uh, capability available. I, I, again, I think this is to give content makers another option in. I don't envision they're too late to take on other things. And again, it's because people don't use Facebook. Back when Facebook first came out, people were logging in on their desktops and spending a considerable amount of time on it. People don't do that anymore, no. right? You log in on your phone, and more times than not, what I found, especially when I speak to people, is older generation are still on Facebook, and they use Facebook, and they can't understand why everybody else uses Instagram. Younger generation, all on Instagram. Mm. If you're a content maker, yes, release on all and cater towards your niche, right? But from a viewer perspective... I don't know. Again, if they're pandering to that to get more content makers on, then for them it's just another revenue driver, right? Whether people, how much people actually enjoy it from an end user perspective doesn't make any difference. If they're getting content viewers and then they're getting views, then Facebook are making more money, right? Yeah. Um, another, another story. So in New York, uh, New York was renamed Jutropolis by... <laughs> Shouldn't laugh, but... <laughs> an act of vandalism, so... So hackers have gone in and on the maps, and they've they've gone in and re renamed um, New York to Jutropolis. Uh, it's <laughs> it worked with his partners Mapbox to get the fix to get it fixed immediately. <laughs> so it showed up originally on Snapchat, and obviously yeah. Snapchat's map and software sits on somebody else. So they just go and connect with somebody else's, which was Mapbox's. What was strange about this is so. They've said, I mean, they, they've said, they called it an act of hate speech, and don't get me wrong, it's wholly inappropriate. Like, yeah. to, to, come on, let's be fair. Um, but it added, the, the, the malicious edit was made by an unnamed source that attempted several other hateful ones which were not, uh, were not successful, right? And then they explained that their AI system, i.e. their, their room full of trolls who uh, go through this, let's not call it what it's not. Um, and and this, uh, this was a nonsense response anyway. Yeah, the firm, the firm explained this AI system flags more than 700 map changes a day. What do you mean? Your monitoring system, that's not an AI. Yeah. It's a monitoring system. I, I hate the, the flagrant use of AI nowadays. Um, and then, but when they put this on there, they there was ongoing work. It said it said the the act had been carried out a month ago, but there had been a delay in processing the data involved, which had pre prevented the public from seeing this offensive phrase until now. So the change was made a month ago, and it managed to sit in your system and make it through to release without anybody picking it up over the course of a whole month. Yeah. Your AI system better get better, right? Um, again, it's because it's not AI. You've got human people in there making these changes, sitting behind a monitoring system that advises them of the change. But I just, I found it strange that they included in here. Yeah, actually, somebody made the change a month ago, and we still couldn't stop it going out. All right, an Apple, yeah. an Apple, Apple. So Apple had their, their, they have a self-driving car. So all these, all these companies, all these manufacturers, are, um, all tech companies are trying to get on a self-driving car. Um, rush before it actually takes off and Apple's had um, just like Tesla Tesla had a big one but Apple's had a minor crash with their self-driving cars well it made an interesting point on this right so basically the, the so, so it was only at 15 miles an hour and basically it got upended from behind um, but this, this was a good point mate, which I actually hadn't thought about right so recent report by investigative technology news it says 
the self-driving no, spun out from self-driving cars would stop abruptly in scenarios where humans might zip through, such as turning across a line of traffic. Now, what that says is a, a, a machine will work in the way that it calculates to be the safest way to work. And obviously, humans, we won't. We're in a rush to go somewhere, right? So we will, we will not go. But let's put it like this: once you've learned, once you've passed your test, you don't drive in the manner by which you would pass your test again, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and and I haven't factored this into the equation here because what it's basically saying is, self-driving cars will drive in a calculated, safe manner. Humans are irrational and won't do that. So they suggested actually we'll probably see quite a lot of this because where we're expecting, oh, well, actually that person will see, will see the red light, the amber change into red, right? And you know that you should stop, but they will rush yeah, through. Yeah. Whereas a, uh, a self-driven car will stop so, at that. Therefore, the person behind you who's thinking, well, I'm going to rush through. So if he's going to rush through, I'm going to rush through. Boom, you're going to get this. So I thought that was actually quite an interesting because <clears throat> as you get more eventually someone will, will crack this and start to spread them out right so as you get more of them on there this becomes a heavier risk and it's not it doesn't sound like it will be result in huge accidents that might but at the same time it might right when you're tra changing between lanes is a is a good example somebody might zip through or expect somebody driving and you can't identify a self-driving car merely from the outside so that's a an interesting um challenge that will need to be addressed as they try to roll these out more and more could you pick different modes so you can pick like aggressive and timid and, uh, yeah but if you pick aggressive right then that starts <laughs> becoming even more dangerous uh, um, race car mode <laughs> see any more stories there was uh, where was the there was one that we so so uh, did you see the one on because I've got to admit I've seen all the adverts for this but I haven't actually watched it Amazon's um, coverage of the US Open no, I haven't seen it. Yeah, seen it. people. I meant to watch it before this, but it's been trashed. People are not happy about it. Um, I don't know exactly what they can't. They can't allude to exactly what um, they're not happy about. But a lot of people, especially from the UK, uh, are not happy about this. Um, so people have been saying the US Open coverage has not been without its glitches. But but and and some, the, Alison made a good point. Why right? you release something new, it doesn't work straight away, um, and maybe this trying to find some one of the responses from people but they basically said yeah you're ruining the um the viewing experience for us actually i'm i'm inclined to think amazon always do this right amazon like to to move fast and break stuff to a degree yeah. and i'm expecting by the time that they've got the atp tour on from next year they'll have learned a lot from this and actually they develop very very quickly on improvements so i i, I mean i again i i if all they need to do is fix the quality of it, I still think this is a good thing because, again, I want to move away from paying multiple cable providers. Um, but, yes, not an initial great first show. And I think if we know anything about Amazon, they will focus on making it a good customer experience, even if they have to chuck a shed load of money at it. So yeah. we'll see how that goes come um, come next year when they pick up the, the rights for the full ATP tour. I'm saying on technology, the Bitcoin wallet... Um the Bitcoin wallet was drawn to unhackable claims. So you know, John McAfee is a very controversial character anyway. Um, so he had a war. He had a um, he had a Bit Bitfi currency wallet, and he he claimed that it was unhackable. It's a funny. Well, hackers aren't happy on the basis of nothing's unhackable, and to a degree, they're correct, right? Yeah. Everything can be hacked. I think what what tends to happen is because you and you set up these, whether however you want to refer to, it, I mean, from a security perspective, the best person you can have if you've got a security organization is you go out and you find people who specialize in hacking to hack your new, your new um, 
you'll lose software and services, right? And in this instance, what he basically said is he released a, so he set up this uh, particular wallet, which only has like a few coins in it in and of itself, um, but offered a $250,000 reward if someone can hack it. Now, some parties are saying that they have successfully hacked it. His response is, well, all the coins are there. So if they're still there, then how do you prove that you hacked it? I think what they're saying is, well, actually, from an ethical perspective, you wouldn't steal it. No, but he's charging you to steal it. That's what he wants you to do. So I think there's a bit of a meet in the middle. I, I would envision that they've actually found a way to break kind of the hash algorithm to get into the wallet, but for some reason can't work out maybe how to extract it or to decrypt it once once they've got the information out there. Um, seems to be a bit divisive between the, uh, the security community, though. He's a very controversial character. He's a very <laughs> he, he has been known for the controversy in the past. And um, so this week Eminem drops his surprise album, Kamikaze. He dropped it on he dropped it on Friday, and well actually Thursday night. A lot of people didn't see it coming. He hits uh, he's hit out on uh, everybody. Everyone. He's, so from Joe Biden to DJ Academics to Donald Trump to Harvey Weinstein to Tyler Creator, and so on and so on. I quite enjoyed the album. I gave it a solid 7 out of 10. I don't even want to get a solid 7 out of 10 because the first, the first what, six, seven songs are pretty good and then the last three songs aren't that great. Uh, the Venom song is a Venom song, but the, the good guy, bad guy, good guy thing didn't really work for me. Yeah, I mean, I like, like we said before, I really, I mean, I get, I get why this is called Kamikaze because it is a full-on kamikaze missile this this album like the way that it goes at people I, some of the responses they're getting back is, is that people don't like that he's still using homophobic language language on there for me this this came across to me as the old school m coming out yeah. at least in the first phases um i think as we mentioned in the just before the show is as he goes into the latter ones um he seems to be dancing on different style types not to try and replicate others, but to take the piss out of them. Um, the Ringer track, he just goes in yeah. 190% on that one. Um, but what I liked about it is he he fell back to his MC ways. There are a couple of them where his flow goes a bit funny on them. That's more in the latter ones where the album starts to die a bit. Yeah. But in the first ones, he's just gone full back into MC mode. Yeah. And he, he knows the position that he wants. He's got his position that he wants to take. And he's saying stuff. He's, and what I mean by that is... You, li- you you can listen to it and there's the actual content there. It's not it's not there to sound good for the hype of it. You can listen through it and he's telling a narrative. He is when he's going at people, he's going at them, but he's explaining why he's going at them for it. Like it's it's just it for me. It it it, it didn't remind me of Nas's album because it's completely different. But it I got the same kind of I, I like Nas's album more and and Push T's as well when they both came out because I liked the whole of I liked all of those. But it was just refreshing to have people coming out and rapping like we expect when we were growing up you're actually saying something on it rather than to take from his bloody eight mile hibbity hoo blah blah like because that's what you get nowadays right just hype and it's nice to hear in a club but every so often you want to have something that's actually mentally stimulating right i want to hear an mc drop a lyric where i go damn like not only did you rap that with flow how did your mind come up with that? Yeah. And I liked that this was a bit of a return to that kind of slim, shady Marshall Mathers as opposed to Revival, which, look, even he admits on this, I know he's going at people who had a dig out for, <laughs> but even he admitted on it, like, that. I've got to take the L for that. that like, was it, wasn't, it was a dud. And so, then, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. 
And then the final story of the week is the scooter firms get a firm lesson in manners. So, scooter news update. I just thought I'd put this on there because we went into the scooters before. <laughs> so, scooter firms they flooded the market, they flooded the streets of San Francisco without permission, and now there's been a bat. They're still backlash. So, well, it's a bit bizarre because in so in San Francisco, for example, the the companies who have been around for longer um, have basically been told they're not suitable. Uh, because of the way that they, they landed, they think there's some safety issues around it, the rest of that. And the newer companies who are going out in a more, who are deploying this in a, in a more gradual manner, have been told that they're fine. But then you go across to Santa Monica and it's a complete flip turn. They're looking for, so it seems to be different measures by which they, they look at this. To be honest, I mean, I hope this doesn't land over here because growing people are going around on scooters, I think is just is ridiculous. I, I don't, I don't, it's not a problem. I don't have a problem with it, but when I see growing people going to work on a scooter, I don't know, something's still just, I'm like, no, dude, don't, I don't like this. <laughs> but the bike has a place on the road and runners have a place on the street and you're just a growing man because they're not like the small scooters, obviously, especially some of the ones they use over here, big wheels. I just, he is ugly, man. I just, I'm not, I'm not a fan of them personally. I hope you don't see this landing over here, to be honest. Hopefully not. <clears throat> All right. So what have you been reading this week? <laughs> so, so I read Gandhi's, um, I can't remember, it's basically supposed to be a, it's kind of a semi-autobiography because it carries to a certain point in his life. Um, what was it actually called? Oh, it's just said an autobiography, I'm sure it was something to, uh, related to, Search for Truth or something. Um, so I finished 24 Hours in Ancient Rome, that was just quite intriguing uh, from a historical point of view. Okay. Um, Gandhi's one, I like the book, um, it's very rare that do you know when you go on Audible and you download stuff and people are like, yeah, the narrator messed up the whole book, blah, 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 blah. And, and I don't really get that because, for, well, for me, I listen at times free speed. So a lot of people, when they're saying, oh, it was so bland and so slow and so boring, I'm like, well, I listen to it sped up, so I don't notice that. Mm -hmm. But this one, the choice of narrator did let this down. So obviously you can't get Gandhi to narrator, understandably. Um, but they got a, a kind of, American accent guy to do it and it just I don't know part, part of part of an audio book for me is the delivery of it and it doesn't have to be read by the person who wrote the book I, that's not necessary for me I think it's always more authentic when someone can do that yeah. but it's not necessary um, but this I don't know just the choice of narrator took away from the book a bit I still I still enjoyed it because I learned a lot out of it I mean I didn't for one for instance I, I mean I knew very little about the amount of time that he spent in South Africa in his, his earlier years of his career and so I, I I learned a lot out of it but I just think it could have been better with a different choice of Gang is controversial because of his time to Africa um, for, for yeah he's a very controversial character I don't, I don't want to get into detail why I think he's controversial he did see blacks as kafirs which is kind of like a Geography term for like a lower class of human beings, but yeah, you have to put it into context yeah. of the, of, the, of the area time. that he lived of in. Time, right? yeah, um, yeah, I just found it, what I found interesting is that some of the stuff that he, some of the stuff that he did and the impact that it had. He didn't actually set out for it to have the impact that it had. He was just very principled, and and because he lived by his principles, that then sent out a larger message. And and yeah, I just I found it interesting read to be honest. And then yesterday. So I, I'm sure I heard this on a podcast before. And when I saw it pop up on my Audible, I thought, I'm going to read this. Um, so The Game by Neil Strauss. Have you heard about yeah, it? Yeah, Have you read it? Maybe I've spoken to you about it before. I read it like 10 years ago. Yeah, well, I, well the thing is, because I knew it's been around for ages and it yeah. popped up on my film, and I was like, I need to read this, right? Yeah. And I'm like, what? I mean, first off, first thing I'm doing as I'm reading through this. So just just for anybody who, who, who's not aware. Do you, do, you, do you think that when you're someone trying to read it, do you think, do I do some of these things? 
Huh? Do you think? Uh, do I do some of these things? Like, do you, do you sort of like completely? Yeah, you do, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, uh, so, game. So, basically, undercover in a secret society pickup artist, right? Yeah. So, so, it's weird because I'm reading it and I'm thinking, no, nah, I need to look up this guy. And I look him up and I'm like, what? The, I looked up him and I looked up the main guy, mystery, in there. Yeah. And I'm like, they're, they're not. It's it's not like they're walking off the model strip, right? Yeah. Especially him, like yeah. he's all bolded and the rest of it. Um, and then when they start going through it. I was like, wow. I'm listening. I'm like, this, oh, is, uh, this is dope. <laughs> at, at one point, I wanted, I wanted to become a pickup artist, but my brothers told me not to do it because no one would believe me um, because the way I'm built, because I only thought I was running at girls because you're, you're muscular. And I wanted to like... Yeah, but that's like your peacock, right? Yeah. That is your peacock in and of itself. Yeah. And I wanted to like... Um, I wanted to give guys who had no game how to teach them how to talk to women. But when you read that book, a lot no, of stuff. No, 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 with all due respect to you, you can, a lot of they're stuff, on a thousand percent level. A lot of the things they do, like, oh, there's a chapter in it when they talk about, um, what do you call it? Neuro linguistic programming. And yeah. the guy, when he, pro- when he programs the girl, when she touches her hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. That stuff, that made me go into neuro linguistic programming. And I was buying books on that stuff. Oh, <laughs> I, was, I was already in, I already studied NLP for, for, for different reasons. But not, but not to pick up girls, that's the no. thing. So, and, he, and the point when, Nick go, when Neil goes, um, some of the levels of the way they, knew, uh, they use NLP, it comes across as unethical. And he goes. It made me feel. It made him feel a little bit uneasy. So he wouldn't go to that extreme of using it. But that is because m- normally people use NLP from a self development perspective. Yeah. How they use it in there is yeah. That's very very manipulative. Yeah. But there. Yeah. I mean, you have to argue. How can you argue too much about the ethics of somebody whose primary goal is to just up, to see as many girls as yeah. possible? Yeah. Which is kind of what he mentions in there. It got to a point where he's like, his conversation with men purely revol- revolved around numbers of women and because of the numbers of women he go he was going through he just completely devalued the actual the experience with women right but there were a couple of stories in there he's like yeah i took a number and realized i just pulled the current playmate of the year but then couldn't call what was quite funny about it is and when he's reading through it you're like he's telling you all these things that he's doing but at the same time he's also doing it with still the degree of nerves he's like i've got to a point where i can chat up all the women now but then even when it gets to the next phase, I've still got the degree of, of nervousness around yeah. me. Um, I, I thought it was a, a really... Inter- I, I read it all yet. I, I finished it yesterday. I started yesterday morning. I finished it. People night. still do it in the UK. People still have this pickup artist um, courses where they charge five hundred pounds a day. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't... That, 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 well, they've got... Um, Jordan Harbinger does a, a Art of Charm podcast. It doesn't surprise me yeah. that people do that. I, I think to a degree you need to... <clears throat> To be honest, once you get the basics of what he's doing, because you couldn't use all the different stuff that he does. I mean, don't get me wrong, it'll probably be some value if you want to go out and learn some magic tricks, for example, as the the openers. But you couldn't use a lot of the same lines. But as long as you understand, well, you could, you could, to be fair. Someone's, but, but also women read the book as well. So women, exactly, now, women, exactly, women exactly. know what you're going to do. So like before, what you could, before one tactic that I used to use a lot before, even, even before I read that book, was the neg. So the neg is where... You yeah, but you can still use that. You can still use it, but women now know. So a lot of women now know. Yeah, but it doesn't make any difference because you, you think about it, you do you, you do, do that. I mean, I've, I've found a lot of times, like when we... I remember this, when we when, when I went away a little while ago, and we were just talking to... Because I'll just... We'll just talk to... I'll, I'll just talk to any woman when I'm out. Yeah. So you might get, like, the attractive woman, and I've seen that she's attractive, but then... I'll just be talking to somebody else just because I'm having fun and talking to somebody else, right? So, and there's a lot of stuff there. You're going down and I'm like, yeah, actually, I do that sometimes. But I just, yeah. Oh, the, oh, the AMOG. When you're alpha male, when you, when you were alpha male and you're AMOGing. 
There's so many different layers of that. I, I've got to admit, when I was reading that, I'm like, I, I, I rarely find myself in that scenario where, I, I don't know, maybe I just don't notice the alpha male there because there are certain people. I've said this to one of the guys I was out with before and we'll come out like, especially when we were in Ibiza, it got to like, they, they, we were, people walking past in the day and they kept saying, what's up, what's up, what's up? I'm like, and, and somebody's going, yeah, we met him there, 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 and there. And I'm like, I don't remember any of it. Because for me, I just, I don't, I, I'm good with faces and names, but as far as I'm concerned, I, I, there are some interactions where I just haven't, certain people haven't registered with me for yeah. I'm not paying attention to an alpha male of a group if I'm, I'm out. Maybe I'm being dismissive of him, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was, I, I found it an entertaining you, you, you enjoyed it? Yeah, and I, I actually went on there, so then I downloaded, this is going to sound bad, but The Art of Seduction by Robert uh, Greene. Yeah, I've got that book. And there's a reason for it because that's, Neil Strauss makes. I'm. Uh, um, I'm. Um, I'm not. That book's for women. Well, this is what I thought when I read it, but that's not. That's not what. Um. That's not what I'm reading for because Neil Neil Strauss in in writing the game, he made a good point. Right. Um. Is that yes, it helped him with women, but it helped his general engagement and okay. approach with people. Okay. And seduction is just the ability to be able to manipulate people. Right. We use it for the word seduction because it relates to relations yeah. and physical relations but you could use the same thing in a business engagement yeah I think if you, I think the game's a good book I think the last is a good book and I think um, Del Car- Del Carnegie, Del Carnegie's um, How to Make Friends and Influence People is also, also a very good book if you take them all into into that way um, Del Carnegie's book is very much like the art seduction it gives you like ways of how to make people like you you know one of the things people, people like you and I find this is when people, you talk to people and you don't say a lot and they just talk to you and they tell you everything about themselves and then they go away and go, That's the best conversation I've had. <laughs> yeah. 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 I distinctly remember one where I went on, there's a guy that I, I knew and I haven't seen him since school. And we must have been speaking at Christmas or something. And it was one of, because this is one of the longest one-sided conversations I've ever had. It's about two hours, right? And he was telling me about, he's a mechanic, he was trying to work his way into Formula One. And we get to the end of the conversation, he went, this is one of the best conversations I've had, like, in ages. I'm like, I've said... Percentage-wise ratio of what got said, I said two percent. He said ninety-eight yeah. percent. And this is all you have to do, right? All you do is push Open the conversation up. forward. People love to talk about themselves, oh, yeah. so give them the ability to talk yeah. about themselves. And as long as you're an active listener and you ask open questions, where you allow them the right to talk, it's so instantly. It's not even about being liked, right? People go come back and say, it's "Such a good conversationalist." <laughs> and, uh, not a good speaker because you're not saying anything, but such a good conversationalist. I, had a, I, I went on a date when I was about. 20, like 19, and um, this girl, she just wouldn't stop talking, and I just sat there going, yeah, and I was pushing the conversation, conversation along, and she was like, you're one of the best listeners I've ever had, and I was like, <laughs> I haven't said anything. Like, it's literally, you just, you just carry on talking. But yeah, those are good books. I've listened to, um, Sam Harris come, come with two podcasts this week. Um, one of the podcasts was... Two? I think, is it two? Or, or I, might, I might listen to two this week, but it's one. One podcast he was talking about was the technology one, and um, pushing did, I, did you feel like that was a bit of an unfulfilling hour I quite liked it yeah I just didn't really think it, I didn't really feel like it said all that much. it didn't say what it didn't say what the like it wasn't like as controversial as the oh no 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 it wasn't that I just I don't know I only semi liked that one to be honest I just I didn't get the normal level of value I get out of there's Joe Rogan podcast I think Joe Rogan's come back with a vengeance because he's been on holiday, so he just keeps coming on. Yeah, he's doing like two. He keeps doubling up on days, isn't he? Like two a day. And either just doubling up with normal people or doubling up with that and an MMA one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Was it last week? Was it before this? No, when was the Banachek one? Uh, Last week. week, week That was after the last podcast. I thought that one was really good. 
Did you listen to that? I saw parts of it, yeah. Yeah, I thought that one was really good. I actually went on and watched the video of the last 15 minutes where he does the tricks afterwards. Um, I just thought it was really interesting where he spoke about the experiments that he did, where he basically, he's going in, and these the scientists that he's working with are convincing themselves that he has psychic powers, despite him telling them, no, this is bullshit. <laughs> he's telling them this is bullshit, and they're convincing themselves that it's not. I just thought, it's, it's bizarre. And, and I mean, um, I think Joe comes out and says, he's like, yeah, but they're fucking idiots. He's like, <laughs> he's like I know, but it's, and I've, how he said, yeah, I wouldn't have got so close to him before because he felt like he was kind of manipulating. But I, I thought that was quite an interesting one. Yeah. Um, and the Valentine Thomas one, I like that one as well, the diver. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he, had, he, had, he also had um, done, uh, Cowboy Cerrone on there saying, Cowboy Cerrone was talking about diving as well. And his story was quite engaging when I was listening to it. I was like, He's... Was that the MMA one? Yeah. Yeah, I don't listen to his MMA ones. Yeah, that was, I thought that was a pretty good podcast. They weren't, they, weren't, they weren't actually talking about fighting a lot. They were talking more about like... No, I, I noticed that when I've listened in on, on them. Uh, he doesn't actually focus on fighting so much. So it's just, fight, just fighters that come on his podcast. And yeah, they talk. basically. Yeah, they talk. But yeah, it's been, a, it's been a decent week for content. All right, guys. I think that's the end of episode 39. It's lights out from me. And as... Well, just before I say lights out from me, as ever... Um, rate and subscribers on uh, subscribers on any of your chosen podcast apps. Got a, a bit of love and some shout outs on Instagram last week. I think maybe I need to spend a bit more time on our our show. But you know what's really interesting? We change our show out every week, right? I know it doesn't show on every app, yeah. but on the ones that it does, apparently, I was listening to a different podcast. Um, I think it was No Agenda because they change theirs every week. Like they have listeners who upload their stuff, and there's only like fourteen percent of podcasts out there I that that actually change their feed. So I'm like. Yeah, if, if you can rate us, follow us, like, because it takes time for us to go for all this news every week, right? Yeah. It doesn't take as long to do the actual talking part, but then there's the upload of it afterwards. I have to try and find some artwork on there. So any love you want to show, we appreciate. Share our, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram. I tend to post the stuff up with the link. Um, so yeah, it's just a little ask for support from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got feedback from people. Uh, yeah, it is two. It's two young guys from London that are talking about the news, and we do break. We we do spend a lot of time going through it, and we do appreciate all your support. So, Karen supporting us. And as always, have a good week, people. Yeah, have a good week. All peace out. <laughs>